0: Hey, it's Rick Kettner here. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to raise confident, independent, and future-proof kids. Now, as this is the very first episode of the Raising Future-Proof Humans podcast, we're also going to be setting the tone for what you can expect in upcoming episodes. So we'll talk about the unique challenge of raising kids today and why it's important to raise our kids to be future-proof in the first place. Now, To be sure you don't miss out on upcoming episodes, I do recommend that you join the email notification list by visiting RaisingFutureProofHumans.com. You can also find a link to that in the episode description text, but you can go there and sign up for email notifications to be notified when future episodes are released. But with all that said, let's get straight into it. Now, this podcast is based on a very simple premise, and that premise is, that one of the greatest gifts parents can give their children is an upbringing that fosters the skills, experience, and confidence needed to build a successful career. Now, in saying that, I should be very clear. This is not the way that we tend to think about parenting or the goal of parenting, because what we really want for our kids is the opportunity for them to live a fulfilling and rewarding life, one in which they find a deep sense of purpose, where they build healthy relationships, and ideally, they experience genuine happiness. But these outcomes are made easier with the financial security that comes from a stable career. And for those who plan to make a contribution elsewhere, perhaps as a stay-at-home parent, there's still a tremendous amount of confidence that comes with a sense of self-sufficiency, knowing they could take on a well-paying career if it ever became necessary. Now, in contrast, those who spend their lives struggling to make ends meet, or perhaps wondering what they would do without the financial support of a spouse, they're more likely to experience negative outcomes, including things like higher levels of stress, perhaps marital difficulties, and even the possibility of drug or alcohol addiction. As the Nobel Prize-winning behavioral economist Daniel Kahneman puts it more succinctly, money does not buy you happiness, but lack of money certainly buys you misery. So again, the core idea here Is that the things that we really want for our kids, that they find their purpose, that they build healthy relationships, and again, that they experience happiness, these things tend to more often than not be built on a foundation of financial security and self-sufficiency. So once again, one of the greatest gifts parents can give their children is an upbringing that fosters the skills, experience, and confidence needed to build a successful career. Now, up until recently, parents really didn't have much of a reason to spend time thinking about this. Well, it's quite common for parents, of course, to look for ways to set their kids up for success in life, often by guiding them towards higher education or perhaps encouraging them to develop a trade skill or something like that. This was largely optional, and that's because so long as a child received a basic education and developed a reasonably strong work ethic, parents could have confidence that they would eventually figure things out, perhaps in in their late teens, maybe in their early to mid-20s, eventually they would find their area of interest and achieve some sense or some level of financial stability. But today, there are two trends that are making the world far less predictable for our kids and for the next generation of workers. Now, the first trend is something you've probably heard of or that you're probably aware of, chances are you've actually perhaps experienced this or you know someone who has directly experienced this because it has been a trend for several decades now. And I think this trend is best described as career volatility. Today, the average American worker now changes jobs 12 times over the course of their working lives. Nearly half of people recently surveyed about their career path said they've made at least one dramatic change. For example, from something like marketing to engineering or from teaching to, let's say, finance. Now, perhaps most surprising of all, the average age at which people make this kind of major career change is actually a little bit later in life. It's actually 39 years of age, and this is often due to job dissatisfaction. Now, it's worth noting, even those who choose to stick within a single role or a single career for the duration of their working lives, they still often find themselves dealing with considerable change today. And that's because there's a growing need to upgrade one's skills through things like retraining programs and professional development courses. And in some cases, this kind of training can be so extensive that over the course of several years, the initial role that they started in can morph into something vastly different. But even with this change, with work evolving and with people tending to hop from career to career, a much bigger change is just getting started. And I would say the unfortunate reality is that most parents remain completely unaware of it and are unprepared for its impact on their children's lives. So this second trend, I think is best described as career disruption. So again, the first trend was career volatility. This second more recently emerging trend is career disruption, and it's driven by rapid advancements in automation and artificial intelligence, which are already causing a growing number of people to be pushed out of once stable, well-paying careers. Now, automation eliminates jobs in two distinct ways, and it's important to understand these two different kind of patterns. First off, employees can be laid off when technology becomes capable of performing the bulk of their core work. And second, automation can cause fewer workers to be hired relative to the past due to partial automation of their role, which less visibly reduces the total number of jobs in affected industries. Now, the latter tends to make it more difficult to recognize what's happening because the transition is less abrupt. It's less visible. Just simply fewer people are being hired and you're not necessarily seeing the big red flags of mass layoffs or something like that. Now, this accelerating trend is now affecting blue-collar and white-collar jobs alike. With traditionally safe industries like legal, financial, and even medical work, being affected in surprising ways. For example, a recent study found that automated systems were more effective at detecting cancer in CT scans compared to human radiologists that have trained their whole life for this role. And needless to say, this kind of sudden discovery or sudden change can be surprising to those who fail to recognize that their career might even potentially be at risk. Now, to make matters worse, Those impacted by automation sometimes lack the skills or the confidence to retrain for a new role. So even if they're eager and willing to work and they want to get back into a job, they may struggle to return to the workforce in any sort of meaningful way. And of course, this can have a disastrous impact on things like their financial stability, their personal confidence, and even their sense of fulfillment in life. And of course, this links back with how we started this episode. The last thing that we want for our kids is to have this kind of experience where they are, let's say, highly invested in a career, they put in serious time to become competent at that job or in that role, only to have it suddenly pulled out from under them with no clear prospects of how to move forward in life. And again, this can affect their not only their financial stability, but also their personal confidence and their sense of fulfillment in life. Now, I should quickly add because this is starting to feel quite negative, we will be getting to some good news here in a moment. And we will talk about what parents can do to give their children a big advantage in the future. But first, I think it's important to understand just how impactful career disruption, this trend of career disruption will be and why it's very likely to affect many more people over the coming years. This trend is not going away. Further advancements in robotics, artificial intelligence, and other relevant technologies are being uncovered every day. And these changes will continue to disrupt industries, often in very unpredictable ways. So, for example, even if some tasks cannot easily be automated, technology may present an entirely new approach to meeting the same need, resulting in even non-automatable jobs potentially no longer being required. I think a great example of this is something like automotive repair. It's the kind of work that is traditionally seen as being difficult to automate because there are so many different makes and models of vehicles, so many different engine types. And when there's this kind of variety or variance, it's often considered difficult to build an automated system that can handle such complexity. But the transition to electric vehicles, the recent shift that has begun, has actually made vehicle maintenance far simpler when compared to internal combustion engine vehicles. And Well, I think this particular example may have been an unintended byproduct of innovation around electric vehicles, and they might not have intended necessarily to eliminate jobs in the process. It's an example of how the need for human workers can be sidestepped in unpredictable or unexpected ways. All of this is to say that, unfortunately, many people will continue to have their careers disrupted by technology. Now, I want to be clear here. This won't necessarily happen to everyone, and it won't happen overnight, but it's a trend that is important for parents to be aware of because it is going to affect the lives of our children. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the good news is that there is a silver lining of sorts for our children. Under this scenario, because as disruptive as this new trend has been and will continue to be for many of today's workers, it's paving the way towards a much brighter future for our kids. And that's because automation primarily affects roles that involve a tremendous amount of unfulfilling, repetitive, and in many cases, mindless work. Now, of course, there are exceptions. There are always exceptions, but most of the tasks being taken over by automation and by Machines are those that are unattractive to the next generation of workers. Now, over the last few decades, we've seen a steady shift in what motivates career choices. It used to be that things like financial success and social status and even things like job title were the strongest incentives driving career choice. People were ready and willing to sacrifice their time, their health, even their personal freedom in exchange for higher pay and a chance to move up in their organization. But today, there's a much greater emphasis on things like finding purpose, connection, and meaning in one's work. And this new outlook is actually really well suited to a world in which automation takes on a growing share of this kind of repetitive, process-driven work. And over time, we're going to see more and more of people's time and energy freed up to focus on things like learning new skills connecting with people and solving challenging problems. Now, while this type of work can be more personally fulfilling and rewarding, it's not easy and it's best suited to people who are curious, self-motivated, eager to learn, and perhaps most important of all, people who are willing to take on difficult challenges. And as a result, there will be a growing demand for the kind of people I like to describe as curious problem solvers, people who are eager to learn new things and in fact, take pride in their ability to adapt to new challenges. Now, the bad news or the unfortunate news is that many kids today are not being prepared for this shift. In fact, if anything, in an attempt to make life easier for their children, parents often take steps that unintentionally limit the development of certain skills and traits that are going to be increasingly essential in the future. They remove obstacles, they eliminate risks, and far too often they step in to help whenever a child faces a difficult challenge. Now, for some, I think this is done out of a sincere, yet I would argue, misguided desire to help their kids learn faster, make fewer mistakes, or perhaps just reach various milestones ahead of schedule. And for others, I think this is driven by perhaps an eagerness to look or feel more effective as parents by taking a more active role in the development of their children. But regardless of the motivation, this approach of over-parenting mistakes the appearance of development or the appearance of growth for the real thing. It's a very easy trap to fall into, and it's one that can start out innocently enough you know, perhaps a toddler is struggling to fit a rectangularly shaped block through a square hole. And they're trying to solve this puzzle. You're watching this and you decide, of course, it would be helpful to show them how the square end of the rectangular block fits through the hole. And by showing them, they can learn this important lesson. And if anything, rather than falling behind when it comes to a basic understanding of shapes, they might actually get a bit of a head start. But unfortunately, showing them the solution only addresses part of the learning opportunity here. And worse, it's the easy part that involves memorizing a known solution. The missing part, the part that actually matters, that really matters, is developing the ability to work through loosely defined problems on their own. Now, depending on the situation, this might involve them trying several methods, failing to make progress, at least initially, generating some new ideas for how they might solve the problem, and then eventually, if they persist, they eventually solve the problem. But all of this is lost when we shortcut the learning process by guiding our children straight to the solution. Now, fortunately, no one single interaction is going to make or break a child's development. But if we continue to prioritize quick results— over genuine learning, then we risk all kinds of unintended consequences. Kids can end up failing to develop things like perseverance and self-confidence and even independence. And perhaps worst of all, they can have their natural sense of curiosity diminished over time. After all, why would they try to discover solutions to difficult challenges when a parent always seems ready to do things better, faster, and easier? The solution is that we must raise our kids to become curious problem solvers. And that, in many ways, is the core focus of this podcast. And of course, the reason why this is so important ties back into some of the things that we've already covered here. In the past, those hired to engage in repetitive or routine tasks were simply paid less than those taking on complex or more difficult challenges. But in the future, anyone hoping to get paid a reasonable wage for doing relatively mindless or process-driven work is more likely to find themselves unemployable. And simply put, if it's possible to convert someone's job or someone's task into a repeatable process, then it's only a matter of time before that process becomes fully automated. And technology is making this possible in more and more industries at lower and lower costs every year. For this reason, we must raise our children to be more human and less like a computer. What separates human beings from computers is our ability to solve complex, loosely defined problems. For example, when we face a difficult challenge for the very first time, we can draw on our diverse life experience and we can identify relevant patterns or life lessons that we've experienced, and then we can attempt possible solutions until we find one that works. Now, Computers cannot yet do this. And while some technologists out there do predict a future in which artificial intelligence eventually unlocks this ability or perhaps something similar, what is clear today is that this kind of creative problem-solving is our greatest opportunity for contribution and fulfillment in life. And even in a world in which computers may eventually develop, again, a similar capability, this ability, I believe, will remain essential for taking on interesting pursuits and finding personal fulfillment in life. So with all of this in mind, our role as parents is to provide our children with opportunities to gain diverse life experience and to enhance their uniquely human traits. So rather than focusing on things like memorizing facts or following procedures or simply passing tests, we must help them discover the joy that comes from learning new things and solving unexpected problems and overcoming difficult challenges. That way, they will be equipped to become curious problem solvers with the confidence and independence needed to adapt to the many exciting opportunities of the future. Now, the good news is that all children are born curious. We don't have to instill our kids with a basic desire to want to learn or to want to explore. In fact, a child's eagerness to make sense of their surroundings begins almost immediately after birth. And many kids, many infants and toddlers are so curious, they often get themselves into trouble or into very real danger. That's because their desire to learn and explore is not yet restrained by a healthy concern of physical consequences. They simply try things until they experience pain or until they experience discomfort. And even then, in some kids' situations, a little bit of pain, a little bit of discomfort is still not enough to derail their curiosity. Now, as parents, we play a critical role in keeping our children safe from unrecoverable risks, such as permanent physical or permanent emotional damage. But in doing so, we must avoid the temptation to extend our protection to recoverable risks like frustration or setbacks or failure. Otherwise, in an effort to make our children's lives easier, we can limit their opportunities for growth and development. Now, the key to raising our kids to become curious problem solvers is to help them navigate life's challenges in a way that preserves their sense of curiosity develops their level of perseverance and builds their personal confidence. And again, these are the topics or the themes that we will be focusing on in upcoming episodes of the Raising Future Perfumans podcast. Now, at this point, you may be wondering a little bit about who I am and why I created this podcast in the first place beyond some of the reasons I've already provided in terms of why it is that we want our kids to be future-proof. So, I wanted to take a few moments just to give you a little bit of background and context. Now, my name again is Rick Kettner. At the age of 16, I dropped out of high school to pursue business during what was then called the dot-com boom. This was during the late 90s. Now, at the time, the internet was just starting to grow in popularity, and I had been spending the bulk of my free time building simple websites and studying what was, at least at the time, cutting-edge technology. It was a period of rapid innovation. I was learning everything I could about the latest advancements in technology and in things like the internet. But unfortunately, as excited as I was to turn my enthusiasm into some kind of a business or some kind of a career, I still had nearly two years of high school to complete before I could really venture out into the world of business. So, One day I brought this up with my father. I explained to him how frustrated I was to be stuck in school while so many interesting things were taking place. And I talked about how I was frustrated and felt like I was missing out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to participate in an exciting wave of innovation that was occurring at that very moment. And at that age, I didn't really understand that these things kind of come every once in a while. I just thought, this is the moment and it's passing me by and I'm missing out on it. Now, unexpectedly... My father responded by asking if I'd ever considered leaving school in favor of jumping directly into business or directly into some kind of career. And this was a mind-blowing response. I had never considered the possibility of any kind of early exit from the school system. All of this despite the fact that both my father and my grandfather had actually left school without graduating. My father left school in grade 11 and my grandfather in grade 6. And even knowing this and having full awareness that they had both left school, for whatever reason, I had never considered that a possibility for me. It never occurred to me that that was still possible today, today meaning back when I was in high school. And (laughs) my mother had not considered this either. It actually took several months of convincing to make it happen and to get her on board. And I'm very glad that we were able to because if for no other reason, uh, I had, at that point, told all of my friends in school that I was leaving school. For several months, I was telling them this, and of course, they were starting to wonder why I was still around. So, it was nice that it worked out. I did eventually leave school. Now, I do want to quickly say I'm not at all recommending that parents encourage their children to leave school. That's not what this podcast is about. That's not the message here, but I only share this story because... It has caused me to reflect, just knowing this and reflecting back on what happened, it's caused me to reflect on why this choice was even possible. And in the context of raising my own kids, I wondered what it was that caused my father to conclude that I could be successful without finishing school. And I wanted to understand, even going a step further, how three consecutive generations of high school dropouts, my grandfather, my father, and then I, how we'd all gone on to achieve successful, and rewarding lives. The obvious question being, did we just get lucky? Or was there something about our upbringing that allowed us to be successful despite the disadvantage of leaving school early and forgoing any sort of a formal degree? Now, my grandfather left school in grade six out of sheer necessity. His father had passed away when he was only 12 years old. And as the youngest of eight, he was the only one left at home to take care of his aging mother and a sister. That was debilitated by a polio. Years later, he would go on to become the senior superintendent of a sawmill for 33 consecutive years. And despite little formal education, he was an incredibly wise and well-respected and successful man in his community. And ironically, he even ended up chairing a private school board despite the fact that he had never made it to the seventh grade. Now, my father left school a little bit later in grade 11, To pursue business. Having the benefit of greater stability growing up, he embraced more of an entrepreneurial approach to life, taking on bolder risks. His path included taking on a big home development project in his early 20s. He became a remarkably successful tool salesman. And then years later, he built and then eventually sold the most successful employee benefits firm in the region. And while his path, I would say, was far from smooth and predictable, he's done exceptionally well for himself. And to this day, lives an an incredible and uh, rewarding life. And like my father, I left school early in grade 11, also to pursue life as an entrepreneur, just as my father benefited from a stable upbringing. I, too, was fortunate to have strong support that made it easier to take bolder risks at uh, a young age. Of course, there have been many challenges over the years, but I've been fortunate to build and sell two successful businesses in online music education. And as a result of that success, work has become optional in my life. I still engage in many interesting projects, including this podcast, but earning an income is no longer the necessity that once was. Now, once again, upon reflecting on this unusual family history, I became curious, is there a recipe for raising my kids to thrive in an increasingly unpredictable world? And if so, is it possible to distill that recipe down into a set of clear and actionable principles that any parent can use to create a brighter future for their children as well? Now, I should say I'm under no illusion that I had the perfect upbringing. On the one hand, I've always felt that both my parents and my grandparents must have done many things right to set us up for success. Yet I've also felt that it would be important to talk to other experienced parents and to study the latest expert advice to learn more and to get a broader sense of the best ways to approach raising kids. That way I could gain a deeper understanding of how to prepare children for the unique challenges of the future. So with all of that said, this podcast will focus on practical, time-tested wisdom, both from my parents and grandparents combined with cutting-edge insights from world-class experts on relevant topics, including skill development, human psychology, and effective mentorship. Now, the ideas and insights we will be covering are geared towards parents whose children are old enough to participate in self-selected hobbies. This typically begins around the age of three or four and continues through adulthood. So as long as your kids are capable of selecting and participating in various pursuits such as sports, dance, computer programming, martial arts— or playing a musical instrument, the principles we will be covering in this podcast will be relevant and actionable for you. So in the very next episode, we'll be talking about one of the most important things that you can do as a parent to create a rock-solid foundation for raising future-proof kids. And with that said, once again, I recommend that you sign up for email notifications so that you don't miss out on the next episode or any future episodes. And you can do that by visiting RaisingFutureProofHumans.com or by clicking the link in the episode description text. And I also recommend that you consider one or two other parents that you know who might also be interested in following along with the podcast. And it's ideal to identify other parents who are influential in the lives of your children so that not only can they take the ideas and insights from the podcast and apply them with their own kids, but they can also potentially apply them in any support and influence they offer With your kids as well. So, with all that said, that's it for this episode. Stay tuned for the next one.